I don't need to create any more content because there's stuff that I did in the past. Now, it doesn't have to be, you know, on TV, this kind of, it could be anything. It could be a simple podcast that only had three or four views. My buddy Mark Lack was on John Dumas's Entrepreneurs on Fire podcast, which is a big deal. But that episode, I think, had 117 views because he didn't repurpose that content. So this whole thing is take that long form content, repurpose it, chop it up in little pieces, put out 15 second snippets that are TikTok highlights, that are Instagrams or Facebooks, transcribe it into a blog post, repurpose what you already have. That's my main point for you guys. We have this philosophy that's like, know it, grow it, show it. Mm. So know it, you gotta like master the strategy. You got to understand exactly how you're going to decrease customer acquisition costs, increase AOV, increase CLV. Those are like the three metrics you need to master and you need to do it really well. Yeah. And then grow it, go out there and get a bunch of case studies, right? Like just document those case studies and then show it, go on webinars with partners, MarkTech partners, show these case studies everywhere you go. And when these case studies are undeniable and you're showing them to people who resonate with the topic, magic. Tim is I salivating. Love that. Like, I, I absolutely love that. I thought I was like all over adaptive persistence. Yeah, this is it's, what you honed and, in on and here. Because I, I, you said that and I'm wondering, okay, I don't have a tattoo. I think I want to get adaptive persistence somewhere, you know, <laughs> Lower tattooed. Back. And then I thought, oh, Can we man, both get them? Grow it. Yeah. All three of us? Please, please get matching. Please get matching tattoos so I can take a document that. <laughs> Here's what gets people today. And this is why Bezos is the richest man in the world. All he does is reduce friction. It's that buy again button on Amazon, okay? There it is. They know you bought it six months ago, it lasts six months, and suddenly it pops up buy again. When you click buy again, it tells you when the damn thing is going to arrive. It doesn't say, are you sure? And answer your credit card number or anything. He did the same with the Washington Post. He just made it very, very simple. He didn't do it himself. It's just the mentality. So how does that translate to an agency? Keep it really simple. Reduce the friction make the story very clear and concise, realize these advertisers don't have time to sit and listen to you talk about Google Analytics. They barely understand what SEO means or SEM and the differences, the nuances of them. Talk less, give them a very compelling elevator speech, you know, that 20 second long speech, walk off the elevator first and have them chase you. What can you do? Say, say, oh, wait, here's my business card. I really want to do business with you rather than just over explain and over explain. It's a very confusing world, Tim. You said it. Um, how can you make it really, really simple, really, really compelling and reduce the friction? Make it really easy for them to say, yes, I trust you. I'll deal with you. All the other stuff will fall in line after that. You'll figure it out. You're smart agencies. You're in business. So I, I think that's just we've found that more and more important. How do you keep it simple? How do you abbreviate it? How do you stop talking so much and just tell them, you know, in such a compelling way that they're, they're really fascinated by your knowledge, your abilities and what you just said. I think that's really important going forward because the world's just getting more and more complex and the premium is on people who can explain it succinctly. Man, it's like say for the people in the back of the room who didn't hear it, reduce friction. Holy shit. Biggest sabotage in pricing is ourselves. Right, because we we go into things fearful of the no, and so we underprice and we end up, you know, serving clients at a meager margin 
when there are absolutely clients that are willing to, to, to purchase at your margin. And I know it sounds super easy. I mean, you're, you're listening to me saying, oh yeah, that's easy. Cause you know, he's already sold and he's done. And you know, he, and the answer to that is no, it's not easy. I know it's not easy. We lose all the time. You know, it's not easy. There's always somebody that's going to go at a lower price point. My dad avoided conversations with employees because he didn't want them to ask for a raise. Mm. It's as simple as that. And I know there's a lot of mid-sized, small agencies that are doing the same thing. They don't yeah. like being in the people thing because they look at giving, you know, to me, when your people are compensated, fine. listen, I say no to financial requests all the time, but I'm not scared of it. And I think it's a very big difference. And yeah. so I think it's because it's my intent and my effort because I believe when you have an agency, the people are your asset. Think about why they started the business. What are those reasons today? And when they think of scaling, if it's scaling in size, so do they want more people? Do they want more clients? Do they want more revenue? Do they want more profit? Do they want more um, accolades when it comes to external things? Uh, to sit down and ask themselves, why? Number one is I need to set the vision of the agency of where it's going. And that's one of the most important things and communicate it to the team. So then I'm not the toll booth for everything coming to me. Mm. Okay. Including sales. Mm. The second one is coaching and mentoring your leadership team so they can grow to better leaders. So they can grow the team under them and grow the agency and make the right decisions. Number three, assist sales or build relationships. The key emphasis is assist. There was um, in our mastermind, we're always talking about agency owners getting out of the sales process, mm -hmm. but there's a lot of agencies that really enjoy the close. Mm -hmm. And I understand that. And if you enjoy the close, we'll be in it. Like <laughs> I want to get everyone listening to a place where they can pick and choose to do the things that they want. I love the creative process. So I was always at, at the first agency, I was always in the first meeting leading the creative process. I didn't have to do it, but I did it, okay? Mm. And so that, that's the other role. And then the other is understand the financials. You don't have to be a spreadsheet nerd or geek or like a, if I look at a spreadsheet, I'm throwing up. Like literally <laughs> I need to hire the right people. Um, and, and those are the roles that you need to do in order to transform to the CEO versus an owner. Totally a gut feeling person. And so I would have coffee with someone and be like, I really like this girl. I can find a place for her, right? Yeah. And it, uh, some of those worked out. Some of them definitely didn't. And once we got a process in place and really defined specifically what we're looking for, not even in skills, but in like your mindset and what kind of attitude you bring to work. I think those are things that I can see red flags in past employees that it hasn't ended up well that I should have seen at that time. Culture is not built with a foosball table or unlimited vacation policy like I have or Zoom or a conference room. It's done through intent. Do you care about humans? Do you not? You know, like, and it's a very simple, what I mean by that is look, I, I care about my business. Like I have to pay the bills, otherwise all the humans have to go home. But where is the level of humanity? Where's the level of common sense? Where's the level of like realizing you work for them, not they work for you? How much of that is of your DNA? And, and I do believe the people that build the biggest things outside of remarkable innovation and product fit, when you do a human-based business, like we're all building here, the people that build the biggest build, buildings in that game have a good sense of that. I believe that a business can grow and scale 
um, and actually just create great experiences for, for everybody, both internally and externally. Culture plays a massive part of, of, of this running through the whole business as well as you begin to grow and, and, and you're, you start to develop like departments and teams in your business. Um, and for me, I, I've seen kind of both sides to this. I've seen kind of the right way and I, I've seen the wrong way. Um, I've, I was lucky enough to grow our agency from zero to just under $400,000 a month uh, in less than 18 months. So it was a very quick, um, it was a very quick process to kind of get there. Um, to get that level of recurring revenue. Um, but that kind of leads me also to just say that a lot of the time we get kind of like uh, caught up in this kind of MRR um, game, right, of, of what's our recurring revenue. But really retainers are not really recurring revenue. You know, I think that's a distinction mm. that's important to make. Sitting down with your whole team and deciding, what do we do really, really well? What are we good at? What's profitable? And do people want that in the future, right? So you might've been awesome at doing, you know, geotagging or something, but people don't want that or something that you were doing in the past. And once you decide those packages, then you're going to build an expert team around that, right? And it's writing down a list of all the tasks in the business and then grouping them into roles. A lot of agencies build their business around personalities and what people are good at. You know, mm. oh, Jimmy's really good at doing websites and a bit of account management. And sometimes he does some project management, but it's like Jimmy's scattered because and he's exhausted because he's been doing too many things. So it's about getting people into a specialist role. The line that I hate now that so many people call me up, the agencies that we're talking to, and they say, well, we got to, you know, fake it till we make it. Like, no, man, you got to bake it, then make it. So come it, fake it. It's not going to get you that, you know, into that place where where you got through that vision and that and, and that reflective process that you talked about, Scott, that nothing new happens without hard idea. work and you guys put it. Yeah, in. I got a new tattoo. Bake it, then make it. And we're just going to exchange this. <laughs> but I think it's true. I think, like, honestly, it's not about being an agency that can do tactics. It's about agencies that provide the result that you got hired to do a year, year and a half ago, where we said this quarter, everyone's going to start working on a personal brand of some kind. Um, we asked them to post at least X amount of content on LinkedIn, but it didn't have to be like, you know, um, I'm a big video person. Yeah. They didn't have to put out their talking head on whatever. It could be whatever format, whatever they want to talk about, whether it's their personal interests inside of work, their past entrepreneurial efforts, which I think about 70% of our team has been entrepreneurs in the past or they're running stuff on the side, which I think is really cool. And it's just like, talk about whatever you want because it strengthens, especially as a service company, it makes us more legitimate, right? Because when you see that our creative director is out there talking about design and how she looks at it, how she researches, how she creates video, our prospects can see all of her skills right there. And I mean, these most of these people are not gonna be with me forever. Right. And so it's kind of a no brainer that they are able to take company time to build that personal brand. I think everybody watching this right now is like, wait, 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 oh, time out. All right. You're telling me that you encourage your folks to go out, be these 
you know, be able to, to be experts in their own area, build their brand. You're also aware that they're not going to be with you forever. How dare you? Right. Because <laughs> everybody out here is literally hiring. Myself included has been hiring. Be like, These people are going to the grave with me. Right. And the foresight that you have to have. And also it's somewhat like this, this you know, you're letting that go in a bit. Um, but what I've seen with your business is all those people point back to you. Every single one of them. And I follow a lot of them. Like, obviously, I'm on LinkedIn, but like I follow a lot of these people that you're kind of launching out their careers and their brands. And I'm just, all I'm looking at is going like, wow, these people are incredible. I bet their leader, I bet the company is incredible. And so talking about scale, I hope nobody at home is missing this, is like, that's courageous. That's that's really freeing for you too um, to be able to kind of think that way. And I feel like we so grasp those moments and our people and try to like make sure they don't get run run away from us um, that we don't let them do that. So that's like exceptional. I've never never heard anybody do that. You need to be thoughtful about CEO, CHO, Chief Heart Officer, and CFO and COO. Those are the four variables to me. Vision. Do you care about your employees? You got to make payroll and you got to operate. I play those four roles as a human and I've been able to break them out. The leaders here that own companies need to figure out where they're weak because most people don't come along and are strong in all four. And they need to really surround themselves with great people in that, in that one or two places that they have a hole in. Growing an agency and growing an agency quickly from wherever you are listening to this right now, um, honestly, actually isn't that hard. Uh, when you know the right things to do in the right How way. dare you? How dare you? We can get to that. <laughs> Agency growth really isn't that hard. <laughs> yeah, so it's a complete contradiction to everything Marcus is saying. <laughs> no, okay. Which is totally okay. <laughs> Um, but I, I have this uh, like this analogy that an agency can grow inwards or it can grow outwards. And where you don't want to find yourself is in a place where you've worked damn hard to get your agency to a point only to really realize that you have like a glorified job as the agency owner or you're still very much working in the business mm -hmm. and you probably don't really have much of a saleable asset to realize after the fact and that can be a very um sobering place to be Ask me how I know um, yeah. because you don't know what you've done wrong because your agency has grown year on year. You've got money in the bank. You've got this amazing team that you've been fostering and empowering and building. So what went wrong to find yourself in that situation? And it's because the business had grown inwardly. I, I'm not a sailor, but I give a lot of analogies around boating, right? Yeah. So you can build whatever boat you want. If you want a two-man, you know, canoe and you want to amble along in the meandering waters to look at the like at the scenery, mm -hmm. that's your boat. Build a small consultancy. Yep. If you want to enter the Sydney to Hobart, well, that's a different crew. That's a different look. That's they all have to go into training for six months. Yeah. So you have to decide what's the boat, what's the crew, where are you going? Going to the Bahamas? Are you taking it easy? Or are you heading out into a race, into wild water? Are you going to land some big fish, like big tuna, wicked tuna? <laughs> I'm the guy in the front making the wild, uh, risky, <laughs> <laughs> like, explore, explorer, right? And then we got Kirian, who's, like, 20 years older than me and Simon. He's, like, the mitigate risk kind of guy. He worked in mergers and acquisitions for 15 years, and he's, like, the legal guy, and he's, like, the perimeter guy. 
And then we got Simon who like runs the ship. So I'm like in the front of the ship, ex the explorer. Simon like runs the the mechanic room or whatever. And then Kieran's like the anchor. So when I was like, yeah, we're, we're going to niche into just Shopify. Simon was like, okay, like I could see that working. But Kieran definitely was like, whoa, this is like wild. What stresses you out like the most? What gets you to, because if you have enough stress, you're going to get to burnout. You get the burnout. You're literally going to sell it for nothing or close it up where the business is just going to suck. And over and over again, it was, I'm not hiring the right team members, or mm. I can't find the right staff or any of that. And it ultimately went back to the owner of setting the vision and the core beliefs of the owner or the leadership team. And then rating each person that comes in based on those core beliefs and their capabilities of what they can actually do. It's not you're trying to hire your twin, you're trying to hire the people that believe in the same thing you believe in. Everything I've ever had was through a mentor that opened doors for me. And I have a lot of friends that are agency owners and maybe they don't have those kinds of net connections. So what do they do? They go to masterminds. They go to Traffic and Conversion Summit and see Marcus Murphy, be the MC. They meet people. You need to meet people who will build connections and open doors for you so that you don't have to be the one trying to cold call and reach out and whatnot. And then when you have those connections, what do you do? You put them on a podcast, just like Tim and Marcus are doing. When you put someone on a podcast and you elevate them and you ask them smart questions, even if we say nothing about your agency, the fact that you are associated with them creates something called implied endorsement. Implied endorsement is they didn't say, oh, you know, working with Tim's great and I have all my white label agency operations through him. I didn't say that. Actually, I did. But it's implied, <laughs> right? And so what you want to do is be seen with these other people because in the world of digital marketing, your potential clients, they don't really know who's good at digital marketing. They don't really know anything about SEO. They just assume you must be pretty good. And if you can deliver the performance like Tim talked about, then that implied authority becomes actual authority. Oh, so good. That's awesome. It's like such a mic drop. Thank you so much for, for making some time with us and coming to talk to us and, and, uh, and making this, making this show just so much better. I love Tim and Tim. I love being a curator and not the artist. You know what I mean? This is the best job in the entire world just to bring smart people on the show. You like and I Scott, are like so. bad NFTs. We just, we, just bring, <laughs> we just bring on these great artists. You guys are fun. You guys are yeah. fun and you Thanks, get it. Dude. Like you obviously know the space. Well. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to Agency Talk. To join the conversation, to follow along and subscribe to the podcast, go to agency-talk.com. Again, that's agency-talk.com.